welcome back to another episode of Behind the Counter. Today with Dr. Boyle and with John again, we are talking about inflammation. So Dr. Boyle, as a functional medicine practitioner, deals with inflammation every day because inflammation is what leads to disease, right? So what are some, or I guess how has some new treatments for inflammation um, that are growing in popularity today, how do you see those working and how is that different from, I guess, traditional treatments for inflammation? I guess first you have to say, you know, what is inflammation? Sure. And, and how do we get inflamed? And uh, when you try to tell a patient inflammation causes dis-ease, you know, not, not even the disease, it causes dis-ease. So that could be pain, it could be a headache, it could be autoimmune issues. So if it's autoimmune issue, 70% uh, of our immune cells are located in your gut. Um, small intestine, to be exact. So if 70% of the immune system is there, then it has to be that a lot of the inflammation will occur in the gut. And so in integrative medicine, uh, we know that there's lots of messages going from the gut to the brain. Right. And we actually think that the gut is the second brain. So there's, you know, there's information going back and forth. If the immune cells, which are supposed to protect us, um, decide that something is not right for us, it will react against that, okay? If it causes an immediate reaction, that's a true allergy, which is autoimmune. So if I were to walk outside today and some pollen floats by my nose, immediately my IgE from my immune cells mm -hmm. will come to my rescue. I would feel miserable because my eyes are watering <laughs> and I'm sneezing, but I, I'm being protected. Sure, sure. In the gut, there's an IgG, which is a delayed microscopic reaction. And it takes nine to 14 days. And in some ways that's even worse than a true allergy because if it's delayed nine to 14 days and microscopic, how are we gonna know about it right away? We're not. Mm. So what goes into the gut, the gut which starts at your mouth and ends at the anise is just a long curly tube, right? Sure. But 70% of the immune cells are there, 90% of serotonin which is your anti-anxiety, anti-depression neurotransmitter is made in the gut. So if the gut's not balanced, we're not telling the brain not to be anxious or depressed. There's good and bad bacteria in the gut. And if we don't have enough good bacteria, because they're constantly at war, then we're not winning the war. So what happens is the immune cells start to react against things. We don't know it. We keep offending it. Say, you know, one of the big um, offenders today is gluten, right? So we eat something with gluten, which is the preservative in wheat, rye, and barley, and we're offending our immune cells, but it's microscopic and delayed. So it's almost like we have this fake camel, mm -hmm. and each time we in interrupt our immune cells, we put a straw on the camel's back. <laughs> how long and how many straws will it take to break the camel's back to get symptoms? Sure. Right? So the symptoms in the gut might be irritable bowel, Crohn's, colitis, celiac, all autoimmune, all originating in the gut. But if the gut's border, one cell, that's all it is, is broken, and things get into the bloodstream, then the immune cells, although they don't talk, they're going to say, that's not supposed to happen. I'm going after it. By going after it, they're protecting us, but it doesn't look like it because they're always on. Sure. So they might go after the thyroid, autoimmune thyroiditis. So people say, it's an attack on your thyroid. 
but it's really not. It's an overprotection. Sure. Because our immune sense. cells don't attack us, right? So, or it could attack the joints, rheumatoid arthritis, it attack the brain, MS, all autoimmune, all originating in the gut, dysbiosis. So it's the inflammation caused by what we're giving ourselves, right? We're, we're breaking the borders, we're getting these complexes, and we're not feeling good. People get bloated, people are not detoxing, and so we're inflamed, right? Conventional meds would give anti-inflammatories if the joints were working, right? But there's an interesting uh, drug uh, that can be compounded now, which in the 1980s was used for drug and alcohol overdose mm -hmm. in high doses. And the reason it was used for drug and alcohol dose for, in high doses was it's an opioid receptor antagonist. Now you know the opioids are going to make you feel good, right? <laughs> uh, but if you if you're addicted, you want to go against that. So the FDA passed uh, something for naltrexone, 50 milligrams to 80 milligrams to try to work against a drug and opioid addiction and alcoholism. But then in 1985, there was a doctor in New York who said, what if I use naltrexone in a low dose? Right. And let me play with that and see what it would do for my patients and their pain. And he used doses like um, 0.5 to 4.5 mil milligrams. Right. And he saw some decrease in inflammation and people were feeling better. So he realized that it was not the opioid receptor antagonist. It was working on different receptors at a lower dose. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the receptors is a toll-like receptor, which is one of the receptors that are inflamed in diabetes, which is autoimmune, by the way. And hypertension is autoimmune, all, all connected, right? So he was finding that if you use this in low doses, you can af affect the inflammation, decrease the inflammation. So nowadays, and that has to be compounded. Right. So nowadays there's studies on, can that be used in MS? And will somebody have less symptoms in MS? And we're finding that, yes, there are less symptoms with that. They're using it for depression in low doses, and yes. there's less symptoms Absolutely. with that. They're using it for a lot of autoimmune issues and finding, and, and everybody's different. And the I issue is, what's going to be the exact dose? That's the beauty of compounding. But with low-dose naltrexone, you have to kind of ease into it. And you would start maybe with 0.5, and do it for 30 days, and then you would do one milligram for 30 days, and then ease up until you can get to the, you know, every 30 days more until you get to 4.5. And in between, maybe the sweet spot for that patient was 2.5. Mm. And you try to go up to three and they're not doing good. So you, you know where their dose is gonna be. But a lot of times you have to get to the 4.5 milligrams for that. But even with that, it could take, uh, some people when they take that uh, low-dose naltrexone will have immediate relief. Some people will take months to get relief because they need to work through it to see what's the dose. And some people it might not work for, but you know, it's worth the shot because it's low in cost. Right? Yeah, that's a big advantage is low, low right? in cost. Um, the side effect profile is right. not large. Side effects are, are low, yeah. so it might be worth a shot. And as uh, John was saying before, uh, nowadays they're even dabbling in uh, 
not only low-dose naltrexone, but very low-dose naltrexone and ultra-low-dose naltrexone, <laughs> which would be microgram doses. And, you know, it's... Uh, no, I mean, we're, we're using that now to, uh, even for pe people that are on uh, pain management and they're trying to either um, not increase the dose or even decrease the dose of their opiate. And um, although it seems counterintuitive, they're giving these microgram doses of naltrexone um, and we have some patients that are actually doing well on that, and uh, it's been a big help. But again, I think it's very true about um, being patient with that type of therapy because depending on what you're treating, and there are so many different autoimmune diseases that we could treat with this, you do, I mean, there's sometimes where some of the things that I've read where it could take six months for you to right. get a elicit a, a positive response. Wow. So you really have to, there's a lot of patience with that, and, uh, and when somebody isn't feeling well, sometimes uh, that may be difficult, but it's, it's something where... Uh, you have to expect that when you're going in. You have to go in and understand that, that you have to be patient. Is, is that because, I mean, I would assume that it depends on the source of the inflammation, right? Like right. inflammation doesn't usually just pop up overnight unless it was probably something more acute, I guess, right? Does it depend on the, the cause of the inflammation to begin with, I guess? Well, autoimmunity is tricky. Yeah. You, know, you could have autoimmune uh, patients who don't have many symptoms at all. Mm. And then you could have autoimmune patients who, ha who are very symptomatic and, you know, uh, can't walk, they're paralyzed because they're very symptomatic. So uh, for instance, Crohn's patients, you can have someone with Crohn's that doesn't have an outbreak for months or years. And then you can have someone who's bleeding constantly, you know? So that patient might not have the patience to be compliant mm. and wait until sure. they get to the dose, sure. you know? Um, and they would need stronger medicine, but uh, they forget that stronger medicine works against uh, the autoimmunity as well, because right. autoimmune patients are, they have difficulty detoxifying, you know, they may genetically not be able to de detoxify. So you give them more medicine that they have to break down in their liver. So you're perpetuating it and you're, and they're not responding. So this might be something because they're even looking at it with patients with Crohn's. It might be something, uh, like a breakthrough because it, it's uh, got very low side effects as opposed to other conventional medicines. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we're even seeing, um, you know, I'm reading more about uh, their use in dermatology too, with things like uh, psoriasis. And um, so, it, it, and sometimes it's not even orally, we, we do compound uh, creams as well and with the naltrexone in it. So it could actually be used topically um, to treat those types of problems that are autoimmune. Uh, as a problems. prescriber and then as, as a compounder too, what have you, I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there like, well, it could help with this, could help with that. What is, has been your experience thus far in prescribing this and making it from you know, prescribers in general? Yeah, so I've used it on MS patients and Crohn's patients. Uh, I think the MS patients and chronic pain. I think the MS patients uh, and chronic pain patients did better than the Crohn's because, like I said, Crohn's is difficult if they're mm. actively in, a, in an outbreak. Sure. Uh, but, yeah, for chronic pain, it's, it's, it's a help. Right, if I have myalgia, yeah, you know, so um, it's also seems to benefit for patients with that. Gotcha. Well, you mentioned the the opioid possibility too, and like we were talking about some other possible benefits. As well, lower costs, it's, you know, pretty safe side effect profile. Um, if it is related to you know reducing opiate use, possibly, is there any kind of like you know addiction factor there or? Yeah, there's no addiction factor with low dose naltrexone, but it's not, in low dose, it doesn't work on the opioid receptor. The opioid receptor is a higher dose. That, mm -hmm. that antagonist is from a higher dose. I see. The, the lower dose is cutting inflammation. 
Okay. But I yeah, could but see. Said, there's two different. There's a few different receptors. I think. It right. And so there's there's actually more than two. But uh, but if you, it could probably be a help, uh, you know, for I think they're studying now to get people off of methadone, hmm. and you know, right. so it could probably be a help with other adjuncts. Sure. Mm -hmm. And look, my experience is anecdotal on this, but we definitely have had some patients that uh, have been on ultra low dose and. And working on those different receptors, it allows you to take an antagonist because it's so low it doesn't hit those other receptors, and it actually has allowed the people to um, decrease their pain meds, and which is a good thing because yeah. the less we take of all those things, the better off we are. Right. You know? Gotcha. And plus, we're giving some relief too to people. Sure. So that's important. Sure, that's definitely the goal. So, uh, rheumatoid arthritis patient, I was thinking of in particular. So, um, so you know, it's it's a right. good thing to be able to help. So if this is something that it's not new, but you know, increasing in popularity for other uses at different doses and that kind of stuff, who would you need to go see or what sort of prescriber would be familiar with um, the uses of this medication and be able to prescribe it? Yeah, I think the integrative physicians are the ones that you need to see because mm -hmm. they're familiar with the compounding pharmacies. They're familiar with low-dose naltrexone. A conventional doctor may be familiar if they're keeping up on their reading, uh, but what they would really be familiar with is the conventional 50 to 80 milligrams for uh, drug and alcohol. Uh, right, which would be way too much. It yeah, be the... it wouldn't do what it needs to do to right. cut the inflammation from, from that. Um, but, you know, and, and many conventional docs wouldn't even maybe do the higher dose because they would think we don't deal with drug and alcohol abuse. You know? So right. sure. it's, uh, you know, it's probably the integrative physicians, functional medicine right. docs. Right, you need to um, find you know, physicians like Dr. Boyle who have taken the time and effort to you know, re-educate themselves and open their mind and become aware of, uh, you know, the wide array of uh, treatment modalities that are out there and, you know, going back to treating root cause, right. you know, so sure. um, as opposed to just, you know, try, trying to throw a, a, a tablet or, or some other kind of medicine at a problem and hope that it goes But away. But again, it, like everything else that we said with bioidentical hormones, if you don't do the other stuff in your life, right. like keep your gut healthy, you know, a good probiotic is going to keep your gut healthy. And, you know, a lot of us who, who see it on TV, they, they don't know how to take a good probiotic. You know, mm -hmm. you really should take a probiotic on an empty stomach right before bed. So your stomach takes an hour to empty. You take it right before bed, you have six to eight hours where you're sleeping so that the probiotic can get down, seed, multiply, and gobble up all the bad guys, right? Mm. If you take it on an empty stomach when you get up, invariably you're gonna eat, right? And you're gonna kill the bacteria. So you just paid all that money for the probiotic <laughs> and it killed the bacteria. So, you know, when you eat, you have stomach juices and they're acidic and they'll kill the bacteria. So you really wanna protect your good bacteria you want to protect your gut because that's where 70% of the immune cells are, right? And that's what's getting inflamed. So even though you want to cut the, the inflammation with low-dose naltrexone, we need good gut health. Sure. Right? To keep the immune cells sure. right, to keep the serotonin from being made so we don't get anxious, so we don't get depressed. You know, the good bacteria has got to win that war, you know. And detoxification. If some patient tells me, they're skipping days in their bowel movements or they're going one bowel movement a day, they're not detoxifying. So no wonder they're inflamed. You know, they're holding on to their toxins and that's precipitating more inflammation. It's the vicious cycle. So that type of patient who's not gonna heal the gut, 
might not get the best response from, from low-dose naltrexone because there's other things involved for sure. health, right? Sure. Related to that too, when you say detoxification, you mean something vastly different than, you know, what you may see on Facebook in like a, a three-day tea detox cleanse, you know what I mean? So when you say detoxification, how do you define detoxification? So it's not that the cleanse is bad, mm -hmm. you know, because it's always good to cleanse, right? It's the fact that you have to detox daily, mm. you know, so you have to have the right amount of bowel movements that are good enough to cause the detox. Uh, you detox through urine. Your liver has to be well protected because that's a big detoxifier. You, you, you sweat out toxins through the skin. So every day we're exposed to toxins. We're exposed to toxins through uh, gasoline fumes when you're in your car. You're exposed to toxins through your phone. Cell phone I won't take out of my pocket. Right. <laughs> and you're exposed to toxins through the wireless, right? The EMF, the, you know, the fields that are affecting us every single day. We're exposed to toxins from pesticides on foods. So if people are not eating organically, uh, they're getting exposed to the toxins. Sure. You know, we're exposed to uh, the Plastic. inflammatory, right? Plastics and the inflammatory toxins in the food, like gluten, right? The root word of gluten is glue. Can you imagine what it's doing to your gut, mm. right? And then dairy, which is very inflammatory. So even in in your own diet, if you just inspect, you what have I been eating that's causing me to be inflamed? And you take that out. You know, yeah, uh, it's uh, a detox, really. Avoiding all the things like, but we've talked about this too in other times. But processed foods and things like that are full of uh, things yeah. that are going to cause inflammation. So we have to really get back to uh, eating, you know, and just getting away from the, the foods that have been processed. You know, eating up more healthy. For sure, yeah, unprocessed for as unprocessed as possible, for sure. But you also mentioned earlier. You have a, a cool piece of equipment here that can help with the detoxification process as well. A, a yes. special sauna, you said? Yeah. So we have an infrared sauna here. And the infrared sauna is the healthiest way to use a sauna to detox um, because it uses the frequencies of the sun mm -hmm. but without the damaging part of the frequency. So you're getting the healthiest way to detox with an infrared sauna. Uh, when you go to the gym, they don't always have the infrared sauna. You're sweating but it's not the healthiest one. But you know, sure. any sweat, whether you're working out or whether you're, you're at the gym in the sauna is better than nothing, right? But if you wanna do a healthier sweat, the infrared sauna is the best. And to cut inflammation too, what we have here is a mild hyperbaric oxygen. Mm. And um, mild hyperbaric oxygen is when, there's two types. There's a soft shell, which is the mild, which we have. And then there's the hard shell, which is used in hospitals for burn victims. Now, the hard shell uses 100% oxygen, which is really not feasible to use in the office setting or in the home setting. Um, but if you use a mild shell, you can decrease inflammation. And mild shell is using pressure and oxygen. So you're increasing the amount of oxygen that you get from the environment and you're pressurizing it. So oxygen pressure and minutes, opium. So we deal with opium now <laughs> in the natural way, right? So you're doing oxygen pressure in minutes. So you're sitting in there, you're getting more oxygen to the brain. So people with inflammation of the brain, dementia, autism, ADD are getting a benefit. People with inflammation of uh, wounds are getting a benefit and healing their wounds quicker. You know, um, it's, it's an interesting phenomenon. 
but it's a good treatment for cutting inflammation. And even cancer patients benefit because cancer can't grow in oxygen. Hmm, interesting. And I would assume then, like you kind of mentioned when we started this segue in the topic, I would assume that those are things you also need to do consistency with some oh, yeah. regularity in order yeah. to... So, you know, uh, for hyperbaric oxygen, for instance, for autism or ADD, we recommend 40 treatments. So each treatment is an hour. Uh, the Hyperbaric Oxygen uh, Association uh, came up with that number because when they did all their studies, they realized that at 40, they saw a significant change, okay, in how people were dealing with, uh, autistic kids were dealing with uh, their uh, environment. Uh, but 40 is an interesting number even in the Bible. So it's a very spiritual number. Mm. Uh, so yes, it's scientific, but yes, it's spiritual. And the mind-body-spirit is really important for balance. Gotcha. Gotcha. Cool. That was a really interesting discussion about inflammation and, you know, treatments and that kind of stuff. Is there anything else you guys want to add about that before we wrap up on inflammation here? Uh, no, I just think that uh, it's a, a good, good thing to keep that uh, these new treatment modalities in mind um, as a person explores, uh, you know, how to treat um, the conventional things don't always work best. Just keep an open mind and make sure you maybe see a, somebody who specializes in functional medicine um, to make sure you're getting uh, treated properly. Sure. And I hope what we brought out here helps people understand what inflammation is and mm. how it occurs. Because, you know, you'll even see on Time magazine, inflammation causes <laughs> disease. But what does it mean, you know? And if you can tie it into, yeah, I got to clean up my gut first, right? right. So uh, then it helps. No, it right. makes sense for sure. That's what they talk about with like the, not the we're, I know we're wrapping up with the leaky gut problem, right? Isn't yeah. that what they talk about? Like, exactly. So, so that's. Um, and leaky gut really just means malabsorption, right. bad absorption. Mm. So you're not getting the absorption of your vitamins. You're not getting the absorption of your hormones. So gut is really important. Right, right. Like you said, second brain and all yep. of that kind of stuff. Right. It's really this place to start. That's what you're yeah. saying. So. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you guys very much for listening. Thank you, as always, for you're joining welcome. us here. Thank you for hosting us here. Yeah, of course. You're and you Thanks can check out. Yeah, thank you. And you can check out more information about Dr. Boyle and her website, which we will provide the link for in the video and in the caption below. And anything else, always feel free to reach out and ask. And I think, like we talked about too at the end, it's important to just start these conversations and to see a practitioner who's you know, qualified to have these conversations too to get to the root cause of whatever is going on. Right. Just, just again, not to prolong this too long, <laughs> but don't be afraid to take small steps because sometimes you look right. at a big problem and it's overwhelming, so you don't even know where to start. You know, make some small steps in whatever way you can, you know, and eventually you'll get, you get the problem solved. Cool. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. See you next time. Thank you.